Riding motorcycles for long distance without a brake has more in common with airline travel than we would like to admit. Today, we've got two reasons that should convince you to get off your bike. Oh yeah, this is still Adventure Rider Radio, the motorcycle podcast. I'm still Jim Martin, and hey, here's a spoiler alert. At the end of the show, I'm still going to tell you to get out there and ride your bike. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles that's been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can also sign up for their e-rider newsletter. It's free and I highly recommend it. That's www.maxbmw.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any bag into motorcycle luggage with this unique strapping system that's easy to use and switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding, which has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com Hi, I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray. David Peterson. Rachel. Ed March. Glenn Hitstead. Dr. Gregory W. Fraser. Dave Barr. Michelle Lampier. Tiffany Coates. Herbert Schmuck. Zoe Cano. Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins. Joe Russ. Jeremy Craker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Wick. Seth Simon. Elizabeth Martin. Carol DeBell. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. The MotoBreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as their top pick in a compressor shakedown. Also, Best Rest is a North American distributor for Google Tech filters, the filters that should be on your bike. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Deep vein thrombosis was first recognized during the Second World War when a high number of people developed clots from hiding in air raid shelters for long periods of time, not being able to move around. And then after the war, long-haul flights became popular with people flying internationally, and doctors started to see more DVT cases. They linked them to the long-haul flights and realized that it had to do with immobility. In both the air raid shelters and on long flights, people were sitting for hours and didn't have the opportunity to move or stretch out. Now, the long and short of it is that motorcyclists ride in the same position for long periods of time, in in particular those of us who like to ride long distances. We may be at risk for DVT. 
And when you ride, you may or may not be able to, to straighten your, your legs or move your knees and hips. And riding in that position for hours on end, as well as wearing snug-fitting clothing or like riding pants that may cut off your circulation, all that increases the risk for DVT. Now, this um, topic of DVT was actually brought up to us by a listener, and um, his daughter is a doctor. So that's how we ended up connecting with Dr. Liza Thomas. Okay, my name is Liza DeLeo Thomas. I'm an emergency physician in New Orleans, Louisiana. Dr. Thomas, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you very much. It's good to talk to you. Okay, can we start with you explaining what deep vein thrombosis or DVT is? Sure. So DVT, or as you appropriately explained, deep vein thrombosis, is a blood clot that forms somewhere in the deep vein in the body. Most commonly, it forms in the deep veins of the legs, but it can form anywhere in the deep veins of your arms or your pelvis. Um, and there are certain people that are at risk for this, um, but really it can occur in anyone. What is a blood clot? So a blood clot is, um, everyone's probably seen a blood clot. If you have a nosebleed or if you've bled ever, you, your blood actually clots. If you have healthy blood, that's the normal coagulation pathway. As we learn about it in medical school, um, blood will clot. If your blood didn't clot, when you had a little cut on your arm, you would, you know, continue to bleed and would bleed to death. So, um, if a blood clot forms in your blood vessel, though, that's abnormal. You know, our, our blood vessels are meant to pump our blood to and from our heart and out to our extremities. And so you don't want a blood clot to form there. So blood clotting, normal on the outside of the body and the inside, we don't want it. If you get a blood clot on the inside of your body, does it ever go away? Over time, when a blood clot occurs, yes, your body can reabsorb it, um, digest it, so to speak. So yes, it, it can go away eventually. And when you get a, let's say a small blood clot, and it starts to circulate around in your system, if it does it safely, will it clot more? Will it attract more to it? It will coagulate more? Yeah, so there is a chance that, you know, if you do develop a small blood clot, that that clot can attract more clots because having, again, you know, your blood enjoys a healthy, smooth blood vessel. So, yes, one clot can attract more more blood clots. So DVT or deep vein thrombosis, what are we talking about here? A blood clot in a deep vein, how does that matter to anyone? So a DVT can be something dangerous. Um, usually if a DVT forms in the leg, like I said, that's the most common place for that to occur. If it forms in the leg, that in and of itself may not be something dangerous. But if that blood clot forms, the dangerous complication that can occur is for a piece of that blood clot or for the entire blood clot to then break off and travel to the lung. And that can form a deadly complication known as a PE or pulmonary embolism. That's something that can kill somebody in an instant. And just describe a pulmonary embolism. So pulmonary embolism is when that blood clot will travel to the lung and uh, will basically cut off your oxygen supply. If it's a small pulmonary embolism, 
Um, you may not have many symptoms other than some chest pain or some shortness of breath. But if it's a large pulmonary embolism, like I said, it, it can kill you in an instant because it'll cut off your oxygen supply and, and uh, can kill you. Now, anyone listening to this show is probably scratching their heads and saying, what on earth are they talking about? What does this have to do with us? But we're going to get to this now. So who is at risk for a DVT? So um, there are several populations that are at risk for DVTs. And the people that we worry about most are people who have recently had surgery or who have had some sort of traumatic event occur. But there are also certain patient populations like cancer patients or patients who have congestive heart failure, obese patients, older patients. But there are also those healthy patients who are immobilized for certain periods of time. So every now and then you hear in the news about the risk of DVT on prolonged airline flights or prolonged drives. So yeah, that's why I've been asked to come speak here is a lot of your audience does participate in prolonged riding and uh, therefore is immobilized for long periods of time. And that, you know, that prolonged period of immobility does put you at risk for DVT. Well, and also you mentioned flights there because a lot of people will take flights as they're traveling with motorcycles or otherwise for that matter. And and flights, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that just by sitting somewhere that you're at risk for some sort of life-threatening problem. Um, can you describe how this happens? You know, what sort of things happen to us on a long flight or in particular, you know, if you can describe it in motorcycle sense, what sort of things happen with those prolonged sitting activities or inactivities, I guess I should say, that can bring on DVT? Sure. So in a healthy blood vessel, blood is pumped and blood is flowing constantly. Blood's in constant movement. But when blood is sitting, when blood is just sitting still, that's when blood can clot. If you think about, again, when you have that cut on your arm and the blood starts to sit in a position on your arm where it's just kind of sitting there, that's when it begins to coagulate. So if you're, if you're sitting on a plane and you're sitting in that seat and you, you know the, the planes are getting more and more cramped, you're sitting in that cramped position, your legs are in a cramped, bent position where your blood vessels are not able to pump and flow as they would. Your legs are not pumping and walking and bending and stretching as you normally would as you get up and walk throughout the day. Now, you may think, well, you know, I, I work at a desk job and I sit throughout the day, but you do get up and, and go to the bathroom or get up and talk to your neighbor. And so it's not really the same thing as sitting for a prolonged flight. But I don't want you to think that it's going to be every single person who's going to get a DVT just from sitting on a prolonged flight, but it's it's more specifically those those patients like I mentioned who have other medical problems like congestive heart failure or history of cancer or are overweight that really need to be more aware of these kinds of things. 
Okay, so we're we're talking about prolonged sitting, and as you mentioned there, there's a there's a difference between working at your office and sitting at your desk, where you'll probably even swing your legs around to a position like in an airplane where you're sitting there, and as you mentioned, they're getting tighter all the time, and you're stuck sitting there with your legs in one position, sometimes very uncomfortably, but more so on a motorcycle where you're riding and you've got protective gear on, if we're the type that ride with all of our gear on, so you might have a layer of pants, you could have long johns underneath there to keep warm if the weather was cool, and then your tight outer pants, and then your legs are bent. Does that make it worse when you have restrictive clothing like that? Um, the restrictive clothing may not necessarily make it worse. It may give you some effective compression, actually, um, unless it's compression in the wrong places. So if you're wearing, you know, constrictive clothing that's that's catching you at, you know, right behind your knee, for instance, rather than uniformly throughout your leg, um, that, that could be causing some problem. Mm, and that would be motorcycle gear because a lot of times what you have is a knee protector on and then that tightens up the material behind your leg. Mm. And I know that I did see research when we were researching for this about motorcyclists complaining of leg cramps. Is that a, an indication that you may be susceptible to DVT if you're getting leg cramps while you ride? Um, not necessarily leg cramps, but I would say the leg cramps may be an indication that it would be time to get up and walk around. And that would certainly be a preventative measure uh, to prevent the DVTs. What other contributing factors are taken into consideration here for DVT? Would it be age and weight? So definitely age and weight. Like I mentioned, other other medical problems. So anything that can affect the circulation that can that can make anybody have unhealthy circulation. So diabetes, hypertension, like I mentioned, congestive heart failure, smoking, all those things can can affect the circulation. Any history of cancer can make a patient have increased risk for for blood clots. So if you're uh, an, an adventure motorcyclist, for instance, that's over 60, smokes and is overweight, you're definitely at higher risk or most likely? Yes, I would say so. Let's look at the, the symptoms. So how do we know that we have any sort of problem with DVT? So first off, I would I would caution that the symptoms may not develop right away. You know, you asked about the leg cramps and, and so, you know, I, I don't, I don't think people are going to get off their bike that evening and realize they're having symptoms of a DVT. Um, but it could be days or a week or two later that they realize they're having some symptoms. And um, the key to symptoms of a DVT, and at least for me and my colleagues as emergency physicians, um, is asymmetric symptoms. So it's it's just going to be one leg. You know, we're not going to see people coming in with bilateral DVTs. Um, so if you have one leg that is painful, swollen, and red, then you need to be concerned that you've developed a DVT. Okay. And at that point, you obviously go to the hospital. Yes, I would recommend going to the hospital. Are there any warning signs? That, I mean, you know, we talked about overweight, smoking, over 60. Are there any other things that we can look at and say, okay, I'm at risk? Activity, I guess, would be one because we're yeah, talking about motorcycling. Say, yeah, I mean, the the best thing that I would recommend is is rather than the the warning signs is preventative measures. Is you know, trying to get off and walk around, take take breaks, and uh, and 
I, you know, I don't, I'm not a writer, so I don't know, I guess, you know, I could have asked my dad who does ride, but I don't know how easy it is to do some ankle stretches or that sort of thing while you're riding that may be dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to recommend anything dangerous, but it's maybe best just to get off and walk around. But, um, anything that could have you moving your legs, um, to prevent DVT is what I would recommend. So as far as warning signs, we're not going to get any, I guess is what you're saying. We we're, we try and prevent it to begin with by taking, I would say, regular breaks. But um, otherwise, we we don't really have any warning signs then. You really don't have any warning signs. There's, there's really no way to catch a DVT before it comes. Hmm. Okay, so for prevention, we, we talked about taking regular breaks. I imagine uh, I'm, I'm probably going to hear <laughs> so a healthy lifestyle would be another one. Leg stretching, and you, you mentioned that. Cert- certainly a healthy lifestyle. Um, you know, losing weight, quitting smoking, everything that your doctor recommends. Um, if you're, you know, if you're not seeing a doctor, you can go see a doctor, get recommendations for that uh, healthy lifestyle. But um yeah, really, those would be the best kind of recommendations. When we talked about uh, long flights and, 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 of course, riding motorcycles, is there a time that um, is at least something you should consider? In other words, is two hours, six hours, 12 hours, at least I know there's been a lot of research done with, with uh, the flights. Was there a time they found with that? You know, I don't think they really know the answer to that question. I think that's... that's uh, still up in the air. You know, I know I don't, I don't think we really know the answer to that question. Okay. Well, how about a time? Well, I'm, I'm looking for recommendation really for motorcycling. What sort of time frame would you say that I, I know you're not a rider, um, but if you're looking at that and somebody comes to you and says, well, when should I take a break? Dr. Thomas, I ride my motorcycle for maybe 12 hours straight. How many hours do you think is, is safe to ride before I should get off and, and take a break? I would say for a 12 hour ride, um, probably taking one to two breaks would be recommended. Get off and, and not just, you know, stop and stand up, but stop and walk around a little bit. Stretch it out. Yes. What is the, the, um, the deal with the, the deep vein thrombosis as far as why is that blood vessel so important? Why is your thighs so important when it comes to circulation? Your calf, I guess. Yeah. So, well, it, I mean, it, it can form in your calf, it can form in your thigh, you know, but people may develop symptoms in their calf, but the clot could be further up, could be further up in the thigh. You know, they, they may get the redness and swelling down in their calf, but the clot could be further up in, in their thigh. Um, but it's generally the leg. It's generally, yeah, somewhere in the leg. Um, but the clot, the clot can really form anywhere in a vein, a deep vein within the, within the leg. But why is it the leg? Why not our arms? Well, you're using your arms a little bit more. It's the, you're using your arms and it's also that the legs are more dependent. You know, that that's kind of where when you're in a sitting position and you're immobilized, gravity is carrying the weight of your blood to that area of your body. So again, it's this, it's this sitting, it's not just the sitting you sitting, it's the sitting of your blood. It's your blood sitting in this position. Um, you know, your blood is working against gravity through your circulatory system. And, um, 
and it's, it's sitting in your legs more than it's, it's sitting through your arms. You're also using your arms when you're sitting on a plane, you're, you you know, you're getting your, your drinks and your peanuts and you're, uh, reading a magazine. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a lot less likely in the, in the arms. So I think you hear about health always takes us back to the same thing. Exercise is king. You're right. After you're diagnosed with DVT, is it going to take a while before you can ride again? Or is it the type of thing that once that clot formed and it circulated and did whatever it was going to do, that it's done? After you're diagnosed with the DVT, the treatment for DVT is to be placed on a blood thinner. So whether you get back on a bike on a blood thinner is kind of a judgment call. Um, you know, that can, that can be a little risky, I suppose, um, depending on where you're riding and how safe you're riding and that sort of thing. What, what kind um, of things but, can happen? Well, when you're placed on a blood thinner, you know, blood thinner medications are, uh, are not without their risk. Um, because what they do is just as they're called, they, they thin your blood. So you have a blood clot there. And like you surmised, when you have a clot, more clot can form. And so this uh, blood thinner does not actually dissolve that DVT, but it prevents it from becoming bit bigger and prevents it from forming more clot, helps prevent it from breaking off and becoming a pulmonary embolism. But being placed on a blood thinner puts you at risk for, for bleeding, puts you at risk for bleeding internally, puts you at risk for bleeding if you fall or if you're in an accident. And if you're in an accident on a blood thinner, it could be deadly. Hmm. Any other final thoughts on DVT for motorcyclists? I think just to sum up some recommendations, perhaps. Okay, let's have them. I think, um, well, I, I would like to say how I, how I, uh, got to you maybe. Yeah. I was going to say that as well, but, um, yeah, go ahead. Tell the story (laughs) of, of how we got connected. Okay. Um, yeah, well, my dad, um, introduced us. Um, he's been riding for several years now and doing long rides for hours on end. And, um, he, became interested in this topic when he developed some, some swelling in his legs too. So, um, yeah, he's, he's done some cross country rides and, and, uh, thought this would be an interesting topic for your audience because it was something that he was interested in. Can we elaborate at all on what happened with your dad with the swelling? Sure. So he noticed, and I believe it was after one of his longer trips that, um, both of his legs were swollen. Um, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't one side, it was both of them. And, um, he didn't have redness. He didn't have pain. It was just swelling that he had, but, um, it started to make him think about what kind of risks might be involved with, the prolonged immobilization associated with these long rides. So he started looking into it a little bit and doing a little bit of research and found in in his research that um, just the swelling in and of itself was not a risk for for the DVT. 
and his was just related to, again, like I was talking about the gravity of, um, of blood kind of sitting in your legs. Um, so what I'm referring to is something in medical terminology that's referred to as edema, which can be caused by a number of different things. So this is, this is a different topic, to be clear, is different from DVT. But edema is the medical term for swelling, um, swelling anywhere, but leg edema, what my dad was experiencing, can be caused by a lot of different things. And it it can be something benign. It can be something uh, that is medically worrisome. It can be a sign of uh, congestive heart failure. It can be a sign of liver disease. It can be a sign of kidney disease. So it can be something pretty bad if you start to notice that and you don't know why you're having it. But it can be something benign, like I said. And that's fortunately, that's what it was in my dad's case. And um, he noticed it, like I said, after one of his long rides. And his was due to something called venous stasis, which um, which is like I was describing before. Um, is because of the, just the gravity of your blood volume being carried in your lower extremities from this prolonged immobilization of these long rides or, and can happen with prolonged sitting can happen with prolonged standing. I see patients come into the emergency department who are on their feet all day, cashiers, um, other people in retail complaining of edema just because they're on their feet all day. What's the dangers of it? Um, well, it's it does have some venous stasis, which, uh, you know, venous stasis in and of itself can put you at a little bit of an increased risk for, for DVT just because your blood's not circulating as well as it should be. But you can wear some compression socks and that helps helps your blood flow a little bit better and uh, can help with that. But otherwise, it's it's a benign condition. Okay, so um, let's talk about recommendations then for motorcyclists as far as DVT and maybe edema as well. Well, uh, we'll start with edema because that's a little bit easier. But um, for if you are developing some edema on your rides, I would suggest some compression socks, which are um, which you can buy online. They have all sorts of different styles and fashions oh, wow. that are easy to find <laughs> Hang online. on, I want to ask about compression socks before you go any further because <laughs> what do these things do? I, I've seen them because often you see people in the hospital with them on. Um, what yeah, does a compression sock I do I wear for them. You? I wear them for work too. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't have edema, but uh, I find that after working a 12-hour shift, my legs don't ache as much if I wear if I wear them at work. Hmm. So um, I, I, think they, I think they just help with like I said, just getting your blood circulating when you're when you're on your feet for a lot. I guess sort of like holding a balloon in, not allowing it to expand anymore, or at least reducing that spread. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about the like. I mean, I keep going back to the gravity, but um, you know, gravity's working against your legs all the time, especially the lower portion of your legs. You know, your blood has to travel all the way from your feet all the way back up to your heart, and it makes that trip you know, several times a minute. And, um, so compression socks just help it, help it do it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so compression socks are easy to find. Um, but like I said, the literature is not out there to support that compression socks help reduce 
the risk of DVT. Uh, what does help reduce the risk of DVT is taking breaks and walking around just to break up that prolonged immobility. And if you do have uh, medical issues like hypertension, diabetes, smoking, I would recommend speaking with your doctor about getting things better controlled if that's possible and letting your doctor know that you're planning one of these long rides before you do it and see if your doctor has any other recommendations. You mentioned blood thinner as a, as a treatment. I know there's a lot of talk of, and, and I don't know, I don't know if it's associated with this, but there's a lot of talk about using baby aspirin um, to help prevent heart problems. Is, is there any correlation with what we're talking about with that? Um, so baby aspirin in healthy population has not been shown to reduce the risk of DVT. In patients with risk factors, there may be some benefit and again, those risk factors that I was I was talking about with the medical problems, that sort of thing. Um, but again, I would I would talk to your doctor before starting on an aspirin regimen. And just to be clear, DVT can happen to anyone. You don't necessarily have to be over sixty, overweight, and a smoker. That's correct. Doctor Thomas, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about this. It was my pleasure. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Liza Thomas, who works as an emergency physician in New Orleans. Stay with us. We're going to be right back in just a minute. You know, I absolutely love reading books about people's adventures. They're just, for me, there's something about curling up by the wood stove in the wintertime or sitting down by the water with a book in hand and sort of escaping by living vicariously through their adventure. And there's a guy named Mike Fitterling, uh, who we've come to know over the last few years, that started a publishing company back in 2011. Now, it's called Road Dog Publications, and it specializes in motorcycling, motorsports, and adventure travel. They have a, um, a lineup of, of authors, Mike does, including Graham Field, who you know from our Raw show. He's on every month. And, of course, Graham's been on this show numerous times. Graham has three books, In Search of Greener Grass, Eureka and Different Natures, all of them published through Road Dog for North America. Now, um, he also has a bunch of other authors, including Jackie Furno. Jackie's also been on our show here. We interviewed her about her book called Hit the Road, Jack, which was a, a great episode. Actually, it starts out with her getting on a boat where um, she ends up um, basically with a captain who's sort of wacko. You'd have to go back and listen to that, but more importantly, go grab her book. Drop by their website. Um, if you don't want to go to Barnes & Noble or, or Amazon, buy direct from Road Dog at www.roaddogpub.com. Of course, that link's in our show notes. And by the way, if you are writing a book, you're thinking of writing a book, um, Mike is always looking for authors of great travel books. So contact him directly. Again, www.roaddogpub.com. When you think foot pegs for adventure motorcycles, I want you to think IMS products. Why? Well, first, they support this show and help bring it to you every week. But in case that isn't enough to convince you, I've got some bullet points. So here we go. 
IMS has been making hard parts for motorcycles since 1976, and all their foot pegs are made with CAST-certified 17-4 stainless steel. They use a certified heat treating, which is a homogenizing and annealing process, and they're built in the USA, and they come with a lifetime warranty. Lifetime. And they're serious about that. Honestly, I, I can't really imagine how you could break these things because I beat mine in ways that I don't think anyone should. And they're rock solid. But when a company is willing to warranty a part that is designed to go on an adventure motorcycle where the chance of abuse is almost guaranteed, well, obviously they know their product is incredibly durable and well thought out. Website, www.imsproducts.com. And do us a favor, anytime you're talking with them at a show or email or, or however, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Again, the website, www.imsproducts.com. DVT or deep vein thrombosis is something we should definitely take seriously because it obviously can lead to dangerous medical conditions and even death. The risk factors that motorcyclists should be aware of for DVT include, but are not limited to, being over the age of 60, being overweight, having high blood pressure, being a smoker, family history of clots, taking birth control pills or prescription hormones for menopause, or other certain medical conditions. But the real clincher is anyone can experience DVT, any age, any sex, healthy or not, any rider. The Institute of Advanced Motorcyclists says that half of motorcycle riders in the UK are at risk for leg problems and quite possibly DVT because of riding long distances without taking the necessary breaks. The European Wound Management Association, or EWMA, did a survey of 767 riders and found that 43% of motorcyclists have experienced leg pain during or after a ride. That means that riders should be aware of the signs. Check your skin to see if it's getting red. Look for lines in your skin from your riding pants being too constrictive. If you have unexplained swelling in the leg, pain in the leg, which feels like cramps or soreness, often beginning in your calf, red skin in the leg, a feeling of warmth, you need to seek medical attention. It's important to take breaks from motorcycling, and DVT is just another good reason. You need to stop, get off your bike, and move around. Just walking around is enough to get your lower leg muscles working to help send the blood back to your heart. You flex your calves and ankles, and you can also wear the compression stockings that we talked about with Dr. Thomas. And also, as Dr. Thomas says, clots can be absorbed by the body, and according to the American Heart Association, exercise can dissolve blood clots. Exercise gets the blood flowing, helps dissolve blood clots, and keeps you alert. A while back, we had an exercise specialist from the Mayo Clinic named Tom Rick. And Tom had some great stretching exercises for motorcyclists that you can do when you're taking a break. In particular, a calf stretch and a kneeling hip flexor. So this is Tom Rick from Rochester, Minnesota. I work at the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program as an exercise specialist. The first one is called the calf stretch. So typically we're on our bike and we're seated. Maybe we get up every once in a while, but we're still on a pretty small surface. You know, that peg of most adventure bikes is pretty small. So our calves go through a lot of work when they're on the bike. So my first exercise of the calf stretch is relatively simple. Just go ahead and find a wall or find an elevated surface that's going to allow you to stretch your calf, walk up to it, 
put your forefoot up on the wall, set your heel down, and hold that for about 30 to 60 seconds. Okay, seems straightforward enough. Yeah. The second one is called a kneeling hip flexor stretch. So you're going to... Sorry, hang on. Say say that slower again. It was called what? Sure. It's called a kneeling hip flexor stretch. Kneeling hip flexor stretch. Okay. Correct. Yep. Kneeling hip flexor stretch. So you're going to bring yourself down to the floor as if you were kneeling. So one knee is going to be behind you a little bit. One foot's going to be flat on the floor with your knee bent out in front. And you're essentially going to think about pushing your hips forward. You're going to be opening up the front part of your hip, which has a tendency to get very tight as we sit, whether it's on the motorcycle or sitting in the office all day long. Okay, so I've got one foot. I'm sort of leaning on my way to one foot. I've got the other leg stretched behind me. Is that how I'm doing it? Correct. It's like you're trying to drag your knee along the floor. Right. Like like you were in the middle of, of a jump over, you know, like if you were doing, uh, trying to think of what is it where you're jumping over? Wow, this is really bad. <laughs> what, what do you jump over the boards that you jump over? Sure. Yeah. The hurdles maybe. Yeah, you're hurdles. About, okay. It's kind of similar to that. So mm-hmm. sort of like you're, you're midway through that sort of thing. Your leg's stretched out behind you. Your other leg is underneath you and you're scrunched down and you're saying you push your hips forward. Correct. You're thinking about pushing your hips forward. It's almost like, you know, somebody's right behind you, right on top, kind of your lower back and giving you a kind of a shove forward. And you should feel a pretty nice stretch really in the front part of your thigh, kind of like where your pockets would be on a pair of jeans. And then you alternate. You do one leg, then the other. Same as the other one. Yes, exactly. And research has really shown us that you have to hold these stretches for about 30 to 60 seconds, um, just one time. And that's enough to kind of allow that tissue to go back to that length that it, that it originally had. And that was Tom Rick. He is an exercise specialist at the Mayo Clinic for a Healthy Living Program. He's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a certified trainer, and a peak Pilates instructor. And you can find out more about Tom by visiting his website. It's trainwithtom.tumblr.com. And Tom is T-H-O-M. should add two more reasons to stop and take a break while riding dvt and edema but let's face it motorcycle riding demands high levels of concentration and alertness to be as safe as possible and fatigue is our enemy not to mention the possibility of dvt and stopping gives you a breather and a chance to look around I just want to remind you this episode was made possible for you today in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at www.greenchiliadv.com, and Moto Breeze Chain Oilers, www.motobreeze.com. Well, 
that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you for listening. Now, on our website, we have the show notes for every episode. Um, not only can you listen to all the episodes on the website, you can go to the show notes and get some additional information. And, and on this one, we have an advertisement that was run for DVT for motorcyclists in the U.S. And I think you're going to find that interesting. Drop by and have a look at that. We've also got the diagrams for the exercises from Tom Rick from the Mayo Clinic. So a lot more at the website, www.adventureriderradio.com. Now, if you like what you're hearing and you want to help the show out, we built it on a model of advertising and listener support. We would love it if you would consider supporting the show either on a one-off basis or on a monthly basis. So a one-off basis, anything $10 or more will get you a sticker sent at you as an appreciation from us. Anything $50 or more gets you mentioned on our Raw show. And we'd love it if you consider our patron option. We signed up for patron at listener requests. And um, you just have to go on there and sign up and you can put any amount. It automatically comes off your credit card each month. And that we can count on. We would love it if you consider that. So it's all the website, www.adventureriderradio.com forward slash support. I'm Jim Martin. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. See you next week. This is Tim Burke, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 